0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1359. I'm your host, Greg Audino. Great to have you here. I find myself uh, particularly excited about this question today because it covers a topic that we've never discussed before, that being imaginary boyfriends. Are they purposeful? Are they normal? What are they, and what do they mean for the person who's dating them? Our asker is wondering these things, and uh, we're going to do our best to help her out. So let's jump right into this question. And optimize your life. I'm 18, and I'm kind of afraid to say this, but I have an imaginary boyfriend who's my anxiety coping mechanism and makes me feel safe, and I wanted to know if that's normal. I've been to doctors, and they said I'm fine and that it's just a coping mechanism. I wanted to know what your opinion on it was, because I don't know if it's wrong, if it's bad. I mean, I just use it to make me feel safe. That's it. I grew up in a bad area and I have PTSD. All right, Asker, thanks a lot for being brave and sending this question in despite your fears. It's awesome that you're sharing this part of yourself. And it's also really humbling for me uh, to know that you feel at least a degree of safety with us as well. So a few preliminary thoughts. Um, One, this is not abnormal or unhealthy. Even though imaginary friends aren't usually talked about amongst adults, I think it's more than fair to assume that a lot of adults have them, at least for specific situations. And even if those friends don't have you know, particles of their own identity, so to speak, like a name and maybe what you'd imagine them to look like if they were in a physical form, imaginary friends might show up as different parts of ourselves when we need them to. You know, like if we're nervous about talking to an attractive stranger, for example, We might remember a time when we really charmed a different person and try to recreate that version of ourselves for that moment to gain the courage to do something similar. This means of channeling a different part of ourselves to better adapt to a situation, it's not far off the idea of an imaginary friend at all, uh, if you think about it. Not to mention the fact that it can be quite helpful in a lot of different circumstances. And the second preliminary thought I wanted to offer is that therapy might be a good option for you to consider. And again, not because there's something wrong with you for having an imaginary boyfriend, but because, as you mentioned, the purpose of this imaginary boyfriend is to help you cope with anxiety and/or PTSD. This isn't necessarily an unhealthy coping mechanism, but if anxiety and PTSD are reasons underlying his presence, then they're worth looking into. And that's best done, of course, with the help of a therapist. But that being said, I think that your imaginary boyfriend can be even more helpful to you than he is already if we look at him the right way and ask him the right questions. So let's consider some questions he could help you find the answers to, questions that you can start asking right now. And the first one that comes to my mind is, what times or places do you find yourself calling upon or relying on your imaginary boyfriend the most? Now, this is a really important question because the answer will likely provide a clear roadmap to your triggers, and identifying your triggers is a huge step towards managing anxiety. For example, say he comes out a lot when you're at the bus stop. If so, you're more than likely to find that something about being at that bus stop has historically provoked a lot of anxiety within you. And actually, while I'm on this, let me give you an example of a popular exercise in exposure therapy called exposure hierarchy that you can integrate your imaginary boyfriend into, believe it or not. So, uh, again, if the bus stop is something that provokes a lot of anxiety and is really getting in the way of either your goals or your day-to-day routine, consider all the different parts of the journey of going to the bus stop and number them from 1 to 100 on how much anxiety each of them brings you. So, maybe watching a bus stop from afar puts your anxiety at a 15 and walking by a bus stop but not getting on a bus puts your anxiety at a 20. Then maybe waiting for a bus instead of hopping right on one gives you a 35. And then say riding on the bus with your imaginary boyfriend has your anxiety at a 70, but without him it's a 95. You might consider taking a slow approach to confronting this anxiety by first you know, watching the bus stop from afar one day, that's your 15. Walking by the next day, that's a 20 jumping right on one and not waiting at the bus stop the day after that, then riding with your imaginary boyfriend, and then finally riding on your own. Now, this is a really bare-bones example of how this approach could work. Uh, Definitely read up more on it if it sounds interesting to you. And, of course, it is something a therapist can help you fine-tune. And, again, something your imaginary boyfriend can not only guide you to, but, as you can see, also be a part of. Now, a second question you might ask is, What do you think your imaginary boyfriend wants for you or wants of you? So if he were real, what would you love to do to make him proud? Is there a certain goal that you're trying to pursue or an obstacle that you're trying to overcome? Consider what you might imagine him counseling you through. If you think about the conversations that you've had with him and find that some of the same material or talking points come up, they could point you in the direction of what part of your life you've deployed him To help you through, anxiety and PTSD have been mentioned, but just like in that last question I provided you with, you can think about what you talk to your imaginary boyfriend about specifically to get a better idea of where your struggles show up the most in your life and prohibit you from being the person you'd love to be. And that leads me into a third question, which is Who are you around your imaginary boyfriend? What qualities do you exhibit? What do you open up about? And what do you do for him? You know, with an imaginary friend or boyfriend, there's often nothing to hold back. What you express to them is theoretically the most honest and raw version of you that can simply be too frightening to show entirely to other people. So reflect on who you are with him, and especially any differences that might exist between how you behave in front of him and how you behave in front of others. That in between space. The in-between of who you are with him and who you are with other you know, tiers of people might say a whole lot about who you're trying to grow into or what you really want to express but you can't yet. Knowing that provides you an incredible foundation with which to work. And the last question, you know, now that we've talked about your qualities around your imaginary boyfriend, I want to know what his qualities are. So what are his? Surely you have some specific ideas about him physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So think hard on who this man is that you've constructed. Who is this ideal person you've created to serve as your love and your protector? Being able to name these qualities stands to show you the type of person that you're craving in your life. The type of person that you feel will protect and save you and is worthy of your love. And similarly to the last question, being aware of what those qualities are that you're seeking in someone to care for and look to for help gives you some really great insight and places you in a great position to think about why you yearn for such qualities and whether or not you're getting them from any of the real people in your life. Asker, I really hope this episode helped you here today. When we do suffer from anxiety, PTSD, or other mental illnesses, we'll go to great lengths to create coping mechanisms that make us feel better, even if it's just temporarily. Some coping mechanisms are healthy, some are destructive, some are rare. You know, they come in all shapes and sizes. But what remains the most important is the underlying condition itself. Our coping mechanisms are nothing more than efforts to relieve pain. And while they can be dangerous in some cases, the emphasis must remain on what's causing us to call upon these actions in the first place. Having an imaginary boyfriend is not putting you at serious risk right now. So see how it feels to shift your energy from judging the normalcy of having an imaginary boyfriend to seeing how it draws back to what you're actually struggling with. Okay, and everyone else, thanks for being here. If you have a question you'd like my help with on the show, you can email it to me at advice at oldpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. And other than that, have a great Saturday, folks. I'll see you back here tomorrow for more. That's where your optimal life awaits.